Hello and welcome to episode 35 of Establish the Collection. I am Cody Main, joined as always by Gary Hartman. Gary, is it the uh, Kevin Durant episode of Establish the Collection? It's, you know, it's so funny when I, so I write, we title these, like when I, when I start up the stream and I wrote episode 35 and I, I, I swear to God, I almost wrote episode Kevin Durant. I swear. <laughs> I was this close. That's funny. It's the um, only number I associate. It's the only name yeah. I associate with 35 at this point. Is there anyone There's, else? Um, no, I'm sure there I'm was sure some like think of a player or something, running right? backs or, or fullbacks. Uh, no one off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, man, uh, or some defensive back, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, it's the, it's the KD episode for sure. And, um, yeah, just over here, back to the beer. You know, it's been cold weather in New York. I saw really. that. It's, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I uh, I recorded with Mayo, and you guys are probably sick of hearing my voice at this point Bush if you're listening Lightning. to any any showdown content, but I was, I cracked a couple of Bush lattes, as you know, as we so often <laughs> talk about on this show. Uh, but but I, I just had one or two, and I can't bring myself to drink anymore. My wife's been out of town. I've been drinking a little bit more than I probably should yeah. have anyway, so yeah. <laughs> it's... Yeah, I've had a long day. I've been all over the place. I was down home in, in Jersey for half the day, then I had to come back and get to work for ETR NBA, and I just got off the clock at 10 o'clock Eastern. So I was like, I'm having a beer. I don't really yeah. care. Having a, a local Coney Island Mermaid Pilsner, a, a great, great, delicious brew uh, over here in New York. So uh, yeah, but all good over here. Trying to have a sweat on this NBA DFS night. Um, I, I really backloaded myself. So like, I don't know if I'm doing well. We'll find out like maybe half, <laughs> halfway through this podcast when I kind of creep on my phone. So we'll see. Those are the best nights, right? As, a, um, as an NBA DFS player where you have a sweat every day and you're hoping for a sweat every day. It's always nice to have that late hammer. Who who are we? Who should we collectively, collectively be cheering for over the next 45 minutes? Yeah, well, lots of your guy. LeBron was all rolled right. in after kind of being um, iffy. And I figured if he was going to play tonight, he was going out for, for that hammer and going out for the win after how much of a mess the Lakers have been so uh, I got plenty of LeBron um, also they were without Russ tonight so I knew he'd be basically playing the point not to get too into the weeds of playing the Blazers who are terrible against point guards um, lot, lot of him a lot of Justice Winslow on the Blazers some, oh, some, some funny uh, funny fringe guys now that they're this is the NBA DFS life if you're interested in this just subscribe to ETR we can talk all about the fact that the Blazers have eight guys who are playing a lot of CJ LB Trent Watford and uh Justice Winslow, but you guys aren't here for this. Um, maybe we'll talk about CJLB rookie cards one day, but that's not why you're here. We're, we're, we're here for collectibles, Cody. And um, it's a big week because there's a lot going on in the sports world. It is, a, it is a big week. We will get into some NBA today and actually some some Portland Trailblazer talk that yeah. shook up uh, the NBA landscape a little bit. Earlier this week, we will get some NBA trade deadline takes out of the way. We've got to kick things off again one more time. Uh, we'll finally move on a little bit from NFL, although we'll have some offseason stuff that we'll be talking about over the next couple of weeks and months. But final Super Bowl thoughts, Gary, I know it's it's been a big week for you as a, a, a heavy investor in Joe Burrow. Been a big week for me just grinding DFS, not necessarily as much invested as in, in good quarterbacks like Joe Burrow as yourself. But uh, you got a, you got a few cards up for auction. So I think we just start there because we talked about where you were at last week with what you planned on doing with your Joe Burrow cards. I know you were kind of holding out, waiting on a few decisions to be made, but you also had a few cards up for auction. One of those auctions ended tonight. Do you want to just talk about kind of where you're at with your Burrow portfolio and what you expect to happen over the next couple of days leading into Super Bowl Sunday? Yeah, basically, I, I took a look at kind of just the overall trends of, of what was happening with Joe Burrow over the last week and a half or so. And I took a couple cards that um, were actually in my like to be graded pile and um, took them out. And put them on eBay for for what kind of what we we spoke about back in in last NBA playoffs that hype deserves an auction. And I figured even if I got these graded, I think that by the time they came back, the hype would settle down to the point where I probably would get around the same amount, maybe a little bit more that they are right now 
raw. So I took, um, as you mentioned, like the mosaic red um, autograph. I took just a general silver burrow prism that I knew would not grade a 10. Now that's a big difference. I knew it was, it was off-centered. Yeah. Uh, I wrote about that. You know, you got to be transparent. I, I said, look at the pictures. You know, the, the, I, I see this is slightly off-center, but and it's still getting plenty of bids. So I took cards <laughs> like that that are just through the roof and put them on five or seven-day auctions leading up to the Super Bowl. All these auctions are going to end um, before the Super Bowl. Uh, not taking that chance for these particular cards. Um, you know, I might put up some for like a five-day auction now that might end on Monday or Sunday night that aren't as high end, where if he does win, I'll reap the rewards. And even if he doesn't, they'll still get a lot of traction leading up to the game. So that's kind of what I did. And then I have a bunch that are up there for buy it now as well uh, that I'm just taking offers on. So yeah, very happy with the results on all of this stuff so far, as I expected. Um, you know, the Mosaic card ended tonight on Wednesday night uh, for like $1,200. Well, it would have been like a $300, $400 card even like a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. So really happy with that results. Haven't gotten paid yet. Uh, just ended. You know, hopefully <laughs> we'll get paid out on that. Obviously always a concern on eBay. Um, we've spoken about some of the downside of eBay. But yeah, I mean, it looks like they bought the buyer was a, a significant, uh, you know, a, a, a true buyer. So yeah, you know, very happy overall, um, you know, taking offers throughout the week on some of these higher end cards that I have for buy it now. Um, and, you know, probably going to pull the trigger on some of that stuff leading up to the big game on Sunday. You do have the contenders rookie ticket auto. I see you've got it up for buy it now right under 7k. Yep. I know you're fielding offers on that card. What's what's the plan with that card over the next couple of days? Yeah, so like right after and before the conference championship game, that game, cards are going around three grand, thirty two hundred, got up to thirty five right after the game. Now it's coming in for offers consistently right around four thousand um, dollars. You know, put it up for seven just if someone wanted to buy it for for that. Obviously, you put it up higher while you, you let the offers come in. Um, I'm comfortable selling it around there. I was just wait. I'm getting I'm getting more offers on that card than anything else. We've talked about contenders, kind of being the flagship autograph rookie. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, and me putting this card up is really reaffirming that people want this card. This is a variation, um, so it's just in a different color jersey with the different logo, Bengals logo on the card. But um, you know, certainly a hot ticket. Now, this is not even graded. If this was graded, this would probably be like an eight nine k card. I do think this card would grade, but again, I went through the same kind of thought process here for raw by the time this came back in three to six months i think it would settle in only at about 500 to a thousand dollars more than what i can get right now got to take advantage of that hype so yeah i mean i'm taking offers around that 4k range i'd like to let it go for around 45 um which i think i'd be able to get i had someone come in with like a 44 4300 offer actually after um the show tonight before i go to bed i'm planning on responding to some messages in my ebay inbox about that particular card might have to take up some more pictures as far as condition or concern but yeah very happy with the response on that card you know up a thousand dollars in a week now if i did want to take a chance let it go through sunday and if he wins i would expect that to cross the five thousand dollar threshold yeah but i think i'm willing to take that risk and sell it for uh, in the force which is you know something i'm very happy with for a raw you know paper contenders auto Something we talk about so often, but it's it is kind of crazy how small these windows can be. Uh, you know, we've we've obviously got the extra week between the AFC Championship game and the Super Bowl. We're already starting to kind of see that thing level off, and obviously these these things aren't just going to continue to go through the roof over the next uh, week leading into the Super Bowl. We're starting to see that thing level off. If it's if you're planning on selling any Joe Burrow now, seems like a great time to do it. If yep. you uh, if you like the Bengals to come away victorious as four and a half point dogs against a, a pretty stout Rams team that is is playing out of their mind as well and is going to be really strong on the defensive side. If you like them to come away victorious, like Gary said, I mean, you're going to see these things pop again a little bit heading into the offseason right after the Super Bowl. Definitely. So uh, really just, I guess, your personal preference. And and if you're like us, play DFS, betting on the game, have prop action on the game. This is just kind of another way to bet on the game a little bit if, you, if you're holding on to any Joe Burrow at this point in time. 
It's exactly right. I mean, you know, you um, again, and I don't think you're wrong to hold on to it, but you will see a significant dip just because of how high this stuff has gotten. Yeah. It's become its own little bubble. There's just no way around that. So, you know, the borough market has definitely become that if he does lose, you know, this is all an anticipation bubble. It will pop a little bit if he does lose and they're four and a half point dog. So, you know, that that is is possible. Now, again, he's a second year player that is doing is doing things we didn't expect him to do. Do I expect it to pop? You know, fifty percent decreases. No, but I, I would, I would, I would put a, a large wager on the fact that if the Bengals do lose, that on Monday Joe Burrow's market is in the red um, compared to what it has been over the last two weeks. So, you know, that's just that's what you have to weigh, and that's why I'm going to take some of the profits off the table leaving into Sunday. Maybe I'll leave a couple uh, out on the table, you know, because I'm willing to take that risk and I'm comfortable with the long term investment. On the NFC side, not nearly as big a hobby name, but Matthew Stafford, we talked a lot about him last week as well. If for some reason you were uh, investing in Matthew Stafford, like Gary had talked about this offseason with some of these more established quarterbacks that had a chance to make a run, possibly put, throw together uh, also long-term thinking uh, a Hall of Fame type resume. This obviously would be huge in Matthew Stafford building a case to make it into Canton. Uh, we're starting to see the same thing happen with his market too a little bit. That thing popped a lot after the NFC Championship game, rightfully so. But even over the last week, we're starting to see some leveling off there. His 2009 playoff contenders, rookie ticket auto in a PSA 9, last sold for 953, which again, there's going to be some fluctuation in these markets with such low sales volume, but that's down 40% uh, over the week. So you're starting to see these kind of dips, ebbs and flows, if you will, after they've reached pretty, pretty uh, high highs. His 2009 Topps Chrome Blue Refractor in a PSA 10 dropped 30% on the most recent sale. Even things like the Topps Chrome Base that's got a little bit more volume down from about a thousand peak last week to about 850 right now. So again, same thing starting to happen a little bit with Stafford. We're seeing the leveling off of that market after the the big NFC Championship game win and some of that uh, anticipation selling, if you will, into the Super Bowl. So uh, I don't know, did you, did you end up getting your hands on any Stafford in the offseason we were talking about him or was it just too hard to find? Yeah, no, I never ended up doing it just because, as you mentioned, the pops were, were really low. Yeah. Um, if I can go back now, you know, I remember looking at some of the prices that I was looking at with that stuff and it was significantly cheaper than it is now, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I would have, uh, you know, pulled the trigger, but I didn't, um, you know, with Stafford, yeah, I mean, what you're seeing is, uh, you know, leveling off because we we obviously hit a peak, uh, you know, a week and a half ago or whatever, two weeks ago. And now if he wins on Sunday, I would expect it to kind of just go back up to the peak. What that market did was set itself for the win, basically, for somebody yeah. like is, is what I anticipate. Um, could it go up a little higher if he has a dominant, dominant performance in the Super Bowl MVP? Maybe. But I would expect it to kind of just climb back up to what that peak was about a week ago. Um, but yeah, you're seeing, you know, Stafford stuff kind of settle back in to a, you know, comfortable uh, place, you know, we, you, we talk about just like the paper tops card is, is still around a four hundred dollar card, and I've only have a pop of of one forty five in the PSA ten. So, you know, pretty pretty healthy market for for someone like him. I think there's more room there if you think this Rams run has legs for the future. But for now, um, you know, comfortable with however you want to approach Stafford. I, I think he has um, a couple more years left, and and possibly you know some legacy stuff. We talked a lot about the skill position guys, namely Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, even Odell Beckham and T. Higgins a lot last week. I don't think we really need to rehash that discussion too much, but anything come up in your research or in your selling over the last couple of days that you noticed that stood out with respects to any of those players' markets? I saw uh, that you did have a you, you had a T. Higgins up. Uh, I saw in your store uh, some some lower end stuff. Anything that you're planning on just offloading now over the next couple of days? 
Yeah, and that's kind of stuff that I would be totally comfortable um, basically just letting go through the Super Bowl because it's getting a little bit of hype leading up to it. You know, these are we're talking anywhere between like thirty and hundred dollar cards. We're not talking right. anything crazy here, but that's what would have been twenty to fifty dollar cards during the season, right? So like you're you just you just take that. Um, very comfortable with some of that raw stuff. Again, Chase, we don't have that much out yet. At least the kind of stuff that I invest in, uh, I I wouldn't have too much Jamar Chase yet. Prism is not out of somebody like him, so that's an interesting thing. Where like if he has comes out, wins the Super Bowl, um, do we see just kind of relative to the new products come out that he he has a even bigger uh, hike? It's certainly possible. No, one guy I wanted to bring up actually that we didn't really bring up last week, and, and maybe I, I mentioned him in passing. Um, Aaron Donald. I think Aaron Donald's a really, yeah. really, really interesting yeah. name. So we talk about there's few and far between defensive players that can really kind of transcend the market. No doubt that he is one of them. I think I was listening to the Simmons pod where he has Schrager on every week, uh, Bill Simmons, and they were talking about if, if Donald wins and like, uh, or if the Rams win, so Donald gets that ring on his finger. I think right there, he probably crosses into like the top five to 10 defensive players of all time. If he wins and gets like a Super Bowl MVP, which is certainly possible or really disrupts that game, we're talking top three to five player defensive player of all time. I mean, he's already creeping up there anyway with his trajectory and what he's already done this year. I'm just looking right now. I mean, I see some like the silver. He's the 2014 prism. So he also probably has both tops and prism. He does, um, yep. Yeah, but the 2014 silver prism right now, this guy, I think this thing has a full day left on eBay. He's at $500 with 17 bids right now. I would expect this to cross a four-figure mark for sure. That's a defensive card if you wanted to invest That's in crazy. it. Totally <laughs> comfortable. I'm totally comfortable. Yeah. Like Lawrence Taylor's rookies are worth in the PSA 8, 9, 10, like anywhere from like 8 to 15 to 40 grand if you get up to a 10. So like I'm not saying he's LT. That's my favorite football player of all time, my favorite athlete of all time. No one's LT. But uh he could be damn close and, you know, gets a ring on his finger. You need that when you're talking like defensive player legacy. You do need that. So I think he's an interesting guy. I really do. Those are big, big numbers for a defensive player. And I, I hadn't even realized that. I know we, I, I think we talked about him earlier in the season. If we didn't more, more recently with the playoff stuff going on, uh, he's got the fourth shortest odds to be Super Bowl MVP, still 16 to one, still, you know, a long shot in the grand scheme of things. Obviously, if the Rams win, it's most likely going to be Stafford potentially cup uh and then on the other side we've got you know joe burrow in there too but 16 to 1 for a defensive player i mean we know that this is the matchup for the rams this is what everyone's talking about this is what all the sharp people that you're listening to right now uh as you're consuming your super bowl content are telling you is that the rams defensive line is the biggest mismatch versus the Bengals' offensive line and if if aaron donald gets in there disrupts things and and somehow walks away with not only a, a super bowl ring but also an mvp award man I would it would be fun to watch those markets. It will be fun to watch those markets after this game gets over just to see what happens with a defensive uh juggernaut like you know, like Donald. I don't like to buy a top of market, obviously. Like no one likes to do that. Um, but I might do a little digging after the show here. Like if I can find a, a base PSA 10 or something that I can throw an offer out on, I might do it. I'm looking at some of this stuff. Like his a Bowman Chrome 2014 refractor auto last week only went for eight hundred dollars. I know we're saying only like in a PSA right. 10. Like for if this is a top three defensive player of all time, that is a very rare card. I can't imagine that's more of like a pop of, of like single digits. So um, I'm not looking in that range maybe, but I would look in just like a prism base or something and, and maybe try to throw some offers out before this game because, uh, you know, there's definitely a chance the, the Rams win and we'll give some picks here in a minute. But uh, I don't know. I think there's room here despite the very big, big uh, numbers for him. I mean, we know how good the guy is. He's the best defensive player of his generation. So. I love this. I feel like we. I feel like we've got Ryan Reynolds or or Brandon Thorne or Evan Silva on the podcast, or or at least they're listening along to us clapping as we talk about Aaron Donald ahead of guys like Jamar Chase and Cooper yeah, Cup and, and yeah. T Higgins. This is great. Yeah, yep. I love. <laughs> All right, you mentioned it. Super Bowl pick. Can we get, can we come to consensus on a I don't know. collection? 
and give give an official Super Bowl pick. I, I feel like I should just let you go first. I'm I'm pretty set in what I'm what I've decided to do. I told you that I've got a a, a fifteen to one Ram Super Bowl ticket. Yeah. I told you that I was going to drive the sixty miles to uh, Iowa to get out <laughs> of this shithole of a state that I am in, Nebraska, that does not have legal sports books yeah. uh, in place. A bet, if not on the Bengals money line, at least on the Bengals plus four and a half uh, to kind of hedge or or catch a middle. I'm not doing it, man. I'm not doing it. I believe in Matthew Stafford. I believe in the Rams. I think that this defensive matchup against the Bengals offensive line is just too much for for Joe Burrow to overcome. As much as I love this guy, uh, as much swag as he has dripping right now, uh, I'm sticking with my preseason bet of the Rams. So no hedge for me. Uh, I think the Rams money line, I think they cover four and a half. I think this is not a a big, big win, but I think they come out victorious. Touchdown, touchdown. pick for me yeah yeah man i've been going back and forth so it's not yeah. as definitive for me like my my heart my heart says burrow yeah. um and my 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 gut says rams it really does and and i don't know i mean like you look at some advanced stuff like dvoa and things like that the bengals are still right in the middle of the league like it, you know all, but but then again like i grew i grew up you know we, we celebrated last week the 10-year anniversary of the 2011 giants that team had no yep. business being in the super bowl nine and seven i went to that game in indianapolis i and like i i do feel when a team kind of has that 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 mojo to them but there's just a little bit too much there on the ram side you know one of them fact that they're home and not not even mentioning the home crowd but you know more the fact they get to sleep in their own beds that the comfort level it's their arena their locker room all that kind of stuff i think that does play a real factor and then you know, we talked about last week how how much Burrow, you know, like he can thrive under pressure. But at the end of the day, this is a quarterback that has one of the worst offensive lines in football facing one of the premier defensive lines, pass rush, the guy in Aaron Donald that we were just talking about. I do wonder if that's a little bit too much for him. However, I do like the Bengals plus four and a half. I think this is a field goal game, but I, I lean towards the Rams for a win. I, I can't talk myself back into driving the 60 miles no, that it's going to require for me. I'm, I, I've decided your, I'm, I'm happy your wife's to live out with... of town. You got the kids. You're not yeah, going, right? you're not going to what, what state is it? Idaho, Iowa. Yeah. Iowa. <laughs> I, I just can't imagine, uh, you know, at some point down the, down the road, trying to explain to my, you know, whatever, 10, 12, 11, whatever year old son who is four now, uh, why I had to load him and his one year old daughter or one year old sister up into the car and drive 60 miles for me to be a total degenerate. Like there's certain lines that even us, us degenerates have to draw. That's one of them. I'm not going to put them through a two hour car ride just for me to potentially middle, uh, a, a you know, preseason 15 to one Rams ticket. <laughs> no, you say that, but then your son in like two years will be like, uh, dad. So the bucks are minus four tonight. Um, you know, <laughs> what do we got? What action do we have going on? So. Why, why didn't we get to go on vacation this year it's because the because we didn't get in get in the car and drive the 60 minutes it would have taken us to, to hedge our, our rams ticket before we wrap up the the nfl discussion uh it's timely because you got in the queue for the nfl all day conference championship pack drop i i snoozed through it uh but i think there are some some big names that we should discuss with relation to how their nft markets are gonna uh, hold up as soon as the NFL All Day Marketplace finally drops. But it's totally. it's been a fun experience over the first couple of weeks that you and I have both had access to the closed beta. I've had some fun doing it. I think we should we should ha- pull this up and yeah, let's try and rip it. a pack and let's see what we get. I know Absolutely. we're kind of cheering for a few different names here based on a cursory glance of the conference championship pack list. I think we're we're kind of cheering for. Uh, obviously Joe Burrow, but uh, there were some rares in there. Jamar Chase being one of them, Matthew Stafford being another. Aaron Donald, who we just talked about, has a legendary moment in here that's numbered out of 20. So some, oh, those are that. some of the names we're looking for. We will see what we come away with, but we just kind of want to rip this thing yeah. on stream. If you guys totally. aren't I'm following excited. along. 
on YouTube. Feel free to check that out. This has been a fun experience. If you guys aren't uh, in the NFL all day beta yet, highly encourage you guys to sign up. Absolutely. I'm, I'm really excited about this. I had, a, I had a lot of fun ripping the first one. I've been waiting um, with bated breath to, to rip this one with all of you. Uh, I got the music on here. I don't know if it's going to come through or not. We'll see if it's too loud. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll mute it or whatever, but uh, let's see what we got. Hopefully tune into YouTube. If you're interested to see what this really looks like, maybe we'll get something really fun, but you know, only the first you know round of these NFL all day dapper NFTs. Um, Hey man, exciting stuff. Let's see what we got here. Let's uh, let's rip this thing. So claiming it up. Oh, oh, well, I have to go through the logging into Dapper. I, luckily, you guys can't see that on your screen, but I they sent me my text text message, <laughs> eight digit, six digit. Code. We have to be secure here. We can't make sure that uh, someone else is opening Gary's pack. So let's do the two Correct. factor authentication. That's right. We're in there. We will narrate Nothing. these moments as they're pulling up. I, I've been really impressed with the quality of the moments, not just the the plays that they've picked, but just the the cameras, the audio. It, it's yep. all been a pretty fun experience so far. It's executing my transaction on the Flow blockchain. <laughs> That's a feature, not a bug. It's a feature of the, the blockchain, not absolutely. a bug. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, anyway, as this goes, don't worry, guys. I'm not having too much success in DFS tonight. Um, but... Come on. This is going to take up to 10 minutes. All right. Well, we can continue. We'll, Let's we'll, just continue to talk through. We'll have we'll have Luke edit this down to when you – it won't take up to 10 minutes for you guys. And, uh, yeah, let's continue to talk through. I'll bring this back on the on the screen when it's ready to go. Um, yeah, let's continue just to talk through – through through. Uh, I guess let's talk – let's talk our NFL all day and just kind of like our, our feelings on the card – NFL's card market and as the season's kind of wrapping here. Yeah, I I, I want to stick with NFL all day because I am curious what your thoughts are. We don't have an open marketplace yet. Obviously, I just, as I just mentioned, this is still closed beta. All we really have at this point is pack drops. And, and then the moments go in our wallet, and that's kind of where, where we stand at this point. We have no price discovery at this point. No idea how the market will, will price these things out. I tend to think that with the low mint counts, with the commons being out of 8,500, the rares being out of 1,200, they've got the legendary moments, as I mentioned, out of 20. I think this is going to fairly closely replicate in an NFL market what NBA Top Shot did with their Series 1. And we saw that how some of those moments, especially for the top end of the players, really skyrocketed, right? And we saw that these mint counts are much lower than in Series that have come since then. So I'm I'm curious where you are at with, with your thoughts on how this thing's going to shake out, what price discovery is going to be like when we finally get a marketplace, I imagine, in the offseason at some point. Yeah, I'm really excited for it because I, I was slightly late and actually, the packs are ready, so we'll, we'll rip this in a second. But I was slightly late on NBA Top Shot, where I I missed kind of like the price settle, uh, the market settling into itself. Obviously, yeah. I got in while it was still very hot and probably at peaks. But I'm really curious to see what the rush will be right when this market opens up. Um, and let's continue this conversation right after. We, let's rip this pack now. Um, but yeah, man, it's going to be really exciting to see because it's going to be a brand new thing. Can you hear that? Yeah, it's coming through to me. Okay, cool, perfect. I don't know where to start. I'm just going to go left to right. Let's do it. Up, oh. okay. Kelsey, Kelsey oh, is so, this the, the, so they, the... Threw, they threw the divisional rounds ones in the conference? Oh, that's cool. Packs, that's good. Yeah, so we got a. So I think Kelsey. this is the game-winning touchdown. Yeah. Oh, look yeah. at that. All right. So it's a common out of eighty-five hundred. But hey, man, I'm going for the set. I got Mahomes rushing touchdown. I got Kelsey receiving touchdown. Now I, I think just there's a Tyreek one in there Tyreke too when he busted too. one. I All think right, it might have been oh. the the peace sign play from that same game. Uh, yeah, is in these that. packs. Oh, that's All great. Right. All right, so what you pick, right or middle? Uh, go, go, go through the middle here. Let's see what All we right, got. 
Oh, oh sick. Love it. Does this have Smart a rookie case. badge or what? Yeah, this has got to be a rookie badge moment. I don't right. know if Do this is a debut. Uh, I don't know what other moments Jamar Chase has, but that's a sick play, sick, sick catch yeah. and run for Jamar Chase. All obviously, right. as we like know, so far. just based on how things have worked out on NBA Top Shot, obviously, and, and this replicates you know what we see in the, the physical card market too, but rookies, huge premium, skill yeah, position player, sure. sick play, sick player. Uh, really awesome. awesome. Really, really, really awesome moment. Another yeah. common numbered out of 8,500. All right. Last one here. That's great. I like this. Fun so pack, man. This is yeah. good. All right. Rams. Debo. Debo. What a pack. All right. This what a, a good pack. pack. No defensive players. No kickers. Three. Oh, that was the fun. Yeah. The fun screen pass touchdown, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This is a good one. Another um, another common at 8,500. 8, but like, like as I'm thinking through this, these commons at 8,500 really aren't that big of, of mint counts, in my opinion, for like what we see no, nowadays on Top Shot. And it's a Series 1, right? Like it's Series 1. That's a good pack. That's a really good pack. Yeah, three Very premier skill position players. And a rookie uh, in there, right? And, you know, one of the, two, two of the most fun fantasy assets for next year. Like, I, I'd imagine these these will all be, you know, pretty sought after. So now I got these three guys in my first pack. I got a Mahomes and an A.J. Brown. So five of my six are like premier um offensive you know juggernauts the other guy was trey hendrickson maybe uh yeah you know super bowl champion super bowl (laughs) yeah right so uh so thinking through this like we just talked about some of the skill position skill position players you get patrick mahomes you've got jamar chase who's who's gonna i would assume eventually get a rookie badge for these thinking through how price discovery is going to work what do you think the top what do you think the nfl all-day market is going to value are they going to value the the fun fantasy asset type players like jamar chase and, and debo samuel and aj brown is it going to replicate what we see in the the physical market with quarterbacks holding a massive premium rookies going to matter more than veterans like what what kind of thoughts are running through your mind knowing yeah. that this is a different marketplace than what we typically see in the physical world yeah it's a great question um my 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 initial thought would be like any other NFL collectible is that quarterbacks would would still carry the day here, um, without a doubt. So you know any type of legendary moment for a Burrow and Mahomes, uh, Herbert, whatever, those types of things I think will hold the highest value on the entire site. But I I am curious if like there's like a chase or um a, you know if they do throwback sets something mm-hmm. like that and you know you, we can even go back. Um, to digs his rookie year or something like that. If they have those kind of, um, you know, moments where you have those rookie badges on it or Jamar chase and like a, whatever their version of like the metallic gold or hollow gold, whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm curious if those hold more value than just like the series one quarterbacks. Uh, I would guess that they would, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think what's interesting about this marketplace is people do hold at least on top shot, more of a premium on those shorter mint counts, um, you know, the more legendary sets or rare sets than they might on just a high-end rookie that you can get your hand on. Where in the cardboard streets, I don't know if that would be the case, right? If you get a base um, Anthony Edwards out of National Treasures, that might be a couple hundred dollar card. But if you get a um, silver, um, you know, Darius Garland um, or something like that, it might be worth a little bit more. So it's, it, there's always, yeah, it, it's, it, the parallels aren't kind of, you know, um, apples to apples. So curious to see if that kind of happens in football as well. I actually think we talked about this too at, at when we first talked about NFL all day. I think this has the potential for um, defensive players to have hold yeah. more of a market, especially like, you know, legendary plays, um, you know, blow up sacks, big pick sixes, things like that. I think that this has the potential to get kickers and stuff involved in a, in a fun yeah. way that might hold a little bit of, of value. So, 
I don't know. I mean, it's all speculation. Um, I would, I, I do think that it's gonna, it's gonna have a fun market. I wish that the marketplace would have been opening in the season, um, mm-hmm. but what it will do, hopefully, is kind of carry the torch a little bit as you know football ends here to to keep some some uh, you know speculation and conversation going about the NFL collectibles in general. Obviously, Panini will do that as well with with products continuing to roll out, but that's kind of the old traditional way. I think this will be. Um, you know, exciting for most people that are are in these streets as the marketplace opens up. Yeah, we know quarterbacks carry the the torch in the physical hobby. It is a nice way. These moments, these highlight style collectibles, is a nice way to help get receivers, help get running backs, help get defensive players involved. Because with these static images on cards, right, it's tough to kind of separate. Totally. Other than just understanding from a physical cardboard sense that Absolutely. quarterbacks matter. And that some of these other players don't. But when you throw in a sweet Jamar Chase catch and run, you throw in a sweet Debo Samuel touchdown, some of these exactly. things like this can start to get those players a little bit more involved in their completely, market. So completely agree. Quick one word answer. When the marketplace opens, are you going to be a buyer or a seller? You know, that's a that's a really tough, tough question. Um, I will probably be more of a seller okay. uh, right out the gate because I anticipate there being a big you know, hype sure. boost to some of these things, you know, like some of these cards I just pulled in this pack here. I, I'll have probably the same thesis that I do on my cardboard things where I'm not a huge investor in skill positions. I'm, I'm pretty much sticking to quarterbacks for football with, you know, the, the exception of like, we were just talking about Aaron Donald or, or like what I consider to be hall of fame, first ballot skill position guys. Um, if I'm seeing hype drive something, maybe I would time it out a little differently, like if this chase card, something like that. But I think I would probably be more of a seller while at the same time maybe keeping my Mahomes, you know, something that I yeah. think is a series one of the best quarterback in the league. So of my six moments here, I'd probably put on the marketplace four or five. Yeah, uh, I will play devil's advocate with just the quarterback side. I know you, you separated the two with the skill position and the quarterbacks. I will play devil's advocate specifically with the quarterbacks because I do think there might be a time if this thing is going to have legs and digital is going to win out long term. I was talking to a few people in discord about this, too. There might be a time right when that marketplace opens where people are doing what you're talking about, listing the stuff that they don't believe in necessarily long term or, or, you know, they've, they've held these moments in their wallet after spending a couple hundred dollars to get packs. They didn't get what they wanted. They might be really willing to let it go quickly. There is going to be this period of price discovery right when the marketplace opens where maybe stuff is a little bit too cheap. Yeah, or cheaper you, than you would know be. about that more than I would as far as right. kind of what the trends would be for that kind of thing. I know what I could say is I would not put it, I would not list it at bottom of the market. I'd probably sure. give it like an hour or so when this thing opens up, maybe two, see what people are putting it at. And then, um, you know, some of the stuff I believe in, like a Kelsey moment or something like that, I would put up in kind of the mid range to the high end of what the stuff's listed at. If the stu- if the cheap stuff then gets scooped up quickly over the next like first two or three days, then mine sitting there kind of where at a price that I was more comfortable letting it go at. But again, it's 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 a brand new market. I, yeah. I have to learn it like anything else. This is not right. something that I'm necessarily, um, I wouldn't consider myself an expert specifically on the NFT space with this market discovery thing. So I don't know, I'll probably need your help, maybe some other people's help as far as kind of discovering the discovery of the market. <laughs> I think if you've been in the NBA Top Shot streets, you can start to look at some, if there are gaps or if there's correlations between what we're seeing on Top Shot and what we start to see on NFL all day. If you're seeing yeah. Tom Brady rare moments that are minted to to 1,200, that passing touchdown to Mike Evans, his last pass touchdown right. ever, I would imagine that that would be one of those type of things that matters. If you start to see that go relatively cheap in comparison to some of his counterparts on platforms like NBA Top Shot, might be a good chance to, to buy in early. Totally. Uh, 
real quick, let's let's wrap up the kind of the state of NFL collectibles in a bow here. We can keep this NFL all day related. We can keep it physical cardboard related as well. But any just overarching thoughts on the 2021 season as we head into the offseason? Yeah, I'm just really encouraged um, with where the state of the hobby is as a whole with everything with happening with Fanatics. And we, we've spoken a lot about this, so we don't have to kind of dive into that. But I think football, uh, at least in this country, in the United States, is at the forefront of that. Like really, really exciting stuff with all these young quarterbacks, with the skill position guys becoming more of a, um, you know, an accepted investment. And, you know, just overall seeing some of these numbers that guys are going for, Brady cards, Burrow cards, Herbert cards, Mac Jones cards, um, Justin Jefferson cards, Jamar Chase cards. You know, I'm really, really happy to see the the interests drive up, the products continue to come out at a steady and successful rate. Um, you know, we still have some really big ones for football for the season that's wrapping up right now. You know, obviously not ideal for Prism to come out after the Super Bowl, but that is what it is. Excited for that to come out. Excited to see what some of these guys settle in at. Excited for, you know, just the my some off-season investing opportunities we talked about last week, the Trevor Lawrence type guys that I'm really interested in in diving into. But, you know, moreover, just very, very healthy marketplace. I would I would think that the same way that NFL is king, the king sport of America, uh, NFL cars have really crept up onto that NBA street as far as, you know, being uh, at least in, at least domestically, um, you know, being king, king in the cardboard streets uh, these days. So really happy to see that. I, I think internationally, you know, we're not there. It's still NBA, F1, uh, soccer. Um, but, you know, there is definitely probably some interest in Europe and, and some Tom Brady stuff and, and things like that. But, you know, really, really happy overall with with the, the state of NFL, the state of NFL uh, collectibles. Continuing to see high five and six figure sales, especially at places like PWCC and Golden. Most recently, just a big, big weekend for football cards in general from everyone, ranging from Mac Jones, who we've we've poked a little bit of fun at on this show, uh, but is an accepted hobby name as as of now. But a lot of more established names, I think, at this point compared to where we were at last year. Josh Allen, obviously Mahomes, Herbert, Burrow reemerged as as an acceptable and high-end asset. Got guys still that are kind of creeping up on that fringe of that tier. Kyler Murray, who knows what happens with him. Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson. And then that young group that I'm really excited about. Hopefully somebody from that group emerges. I, I would throw... Jalen Hurts in there too. Maybe Tua with the new uh, coaching change. Maybe some yeah. things happen for some of those guys that 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 I was into a little bit too. Not to pump my own bags, but even Trey Lance, Justin Fields, um, you know Trevor Lawrence, all of those guys that we talked about from that rookie class. It's just a. It's from high end to to some of these guys that still have a lot to prove. So many fun names in the NFL hobby right now, and I think that's going to keep pumping the the numbers up for the the hobby space. The last thing I'll add. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're a little bit far away from this because of the 2021 product still continuing to roll out at a pretty steady rate. But when 2022 does roll around, what we're, we're two, three months away from the uh, draft right now. Um, very curious to see what that comes in at from a price perspective. Yeah. Because pricing is driven by quarterbacks. And, you know, listen, we talked about this last week, the the Kenny Pickett, some Malik Willis's that are coming into this draft. Maybe there'll be two or three first round quarterbacks, whatever it may be. You know, none of them are going to come in with extreme hype. Now, if somebody ends up in a in a situation where you know it's it's very clear cut that they're going to be the starter very early on, sure. Um, but you might be able to get wax at a price that it hasn't been in a long time for football for next year. So keep that in mind. And then I'm also curious if the quarterbacks 
for 2022 do kind of play out in the way that a lot of people are theorizing where maybe not some superstar prospect right out the gate. No one's popping uh, in preseason. No one's coming in with a lot of hype into training camp. I'm curious if because the 2021 stuff is rolling out so long, probably will be rolling out into close to the next season. If um, the rookie hype will actually stay on last year's class as this year comes in. So like the markets for all those guys will continue to be set. Now, where it's crazy to talk about because we're five or six months into some of these products rolling out, but I don't think these markets are fully set yet. So you have some advantage that you can take care of in the offseason, but you also might have some disadvantage if these guys might go down or up a little bit as the, the new classes come in, as stuff comes in. So just keep an eye on trends. And we'll talk about it if, if we see them, obviously, on the show here. But it just this just thought just popped into my head. I think it's actually going to be a fascinating thing because release schedules have never been this way, and that's largely due to COVID and production issues. But you know, it, it's going to be really uh, fascinating to see how that plays out. I think it'll be uh, something to watch. All right, you've spent the last few months grinding your face off uh, every minute projection possible for every player under the sun. Some guys that aren't even legitimate NBA players. Uh, you're sweating NBA every night. We, you've spent a lot of time in your professional life grinding this, and uh, especially over the last couple of months. We haven't talked much NBA collectibles, no. uh, and that's for good reason. The NFL has been front and center. Uh, other stuff has, has taken precedent as well, but we've got a big date coming up, uh, and by the time you guys are listening to this, that date may have already passed. But we've seen some few trades happen already ahead of the NBA tra trade deadline. We want to kind of settle the see how the dust has settled for some of these guys. There are a few hobby names that have been affected. Uh, I think we should just kick it off with the big one between Sacramento and Indiana. Tyrese Halliburton, I don't know why I said his name that way, Tyrese Halliburton, <laughs> Buddy Heald, Tristan Thompson, uh, head to Indiana for Damanis Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, and Justin Holiday, and a 2023 second-round pick. Obviously, the names involved in that trade, the biggest one, the one that we have our eye on the most, is Tyrese Halliburton. What are your thoughts from an on-court perspective? Does this help or hurt Halliburton short and long-term? What, what do you make of this this first big trade that, that took place? Uh, yeah ahead of the trade deadline. Well, you know, it, it, it's pretty interesting because pretty quickly after James Wiseman got hurt last year, Tyrese Halliburton kind of took his place as the third most interesting prospect in that draft of obviously behind, uh, you know, Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball. Um, and you see that bear it out because Flawless that just came out. Uh, if you don't know about Flawless, you know, we talk, we talk a little bit about it on our podcast or with, with Smith, but it comes in a, a briefcase and then there's a box of cards that have a bunch of nice cards, but then there's um, two cards that are in a slab. So those are usually a patch autograph. If you're lucky enough to get a logo, man, sometimes they have a piece of a diamond in them. Tyrese Halliburton Panini decided was going to be one of the rookies that they are putting in those slabs. So basically you're paying $12,000 for a box. You might end up with a Halliburton RPA as your, uh, you know, kind of prize of that box, which obviously will be a negative EV in that case. But, right. you know, we, it, it, he is a big, a big deal. Shocking, shocking uh, that the Kings decided to, to, to part with him. Obviously they did get the best player in the deal. Demontis Monis just made his debut for the Kings tonight. He has a double double. He looks really good. That said, it was really surprising. I mean, the best best draft pick they've had in a long time, even better than you know De'Aaron Fox, who they decided to keep comparatively as far as where they picked him in the draft, expectations, all of that. Twenty one year old kid under team control for five years. You know, I think this is a huge win for him getting out of Sacramento, which is just a complete mess of an organization, of a franchise, everything, um, into Rick Carlisle's hands in Indiana. Uh, one of the premier coaches in the NBA. They're obviously more in a rebuild stage right now, but they're going to center it around Tyrese Halliburton. Heard a report today that they're going to look to trade Malcolm Brogdon in the offseason. I don't think him and Halliburton really fit next to each other. So I think this is Halliburton's team. He could be the floor general there. They're, I trust that brass to to rebuild properly. I don't know if it'll be that long of a rebuild, but they're kind of um, you know set up well 
for success over the next couple of years. And meanwhile, while they do it, while they rebuild, Halliburton's just going to sit there and put up his numbers, kind of try to build Indiana back into a winner that they were for a lot of the 2000s. So I, I really like Ty, this for Tyrus Halliburton, um, someone who had a, has has a, a very strong um, market. I have some of his silver stuff that I, I, I'm hoping to send into PSA. I mean, you know, saw a you know, some of his contenders optic stuff going for five six hundred dollars uh, ticket autos. Um, you know, his silver. Uh, I see a silver courtside select sold uh, last week for five hundred dollars. I bet you that would be up now uh, after this trade. So I'm looking at some of his stuff up over the last couple of days. Um, I had something up. Yeah, just his silver raw prism. Um, you know, up. Uh, 13% over the last two weeks. And a lot of that is just over the last three days after since the trade. I'm looking, it was a $17 card raw. Uh, two days ago, it is now a $30 card raw. So, you know, not surprising there, but really, you know, somebody that is carries a lot of hype. And the other thing that's interesting about someone like Halliburton, and I'll stop ranting after this, um, is he came in this class where the where the wax was so expensive that any time that you were able to get your hands on someone that was not a complete, that had had real investment opportunity, I think they were going to develop a market. And, you're, and yeah, he's maybe dipped since a lot of that Prism stuff came out at $2,500 a box or whatever. But, um, you know, it has sustained. And now he's even in a better situation away from De'Aaron Fox, away from a, a Kings organization that, um, you know, was probably nothing but good for him into a spot where, you know, I, I don't mind him as an investment at this point. We saw the the top shot stuff hit uh, new highs a little bit, at, or at least local highs after the trade was announced too. So his base set uh, series two, his his triple badge rookie was up thirteen percent over the last seven days. Uh, some of the lower end stuff as well up fifteen, seventeen, eighteen percent uh, as well too. So the the series two MGLE popped up seventeen percent, six hundred twenty four dollar moment that's numbered out of four ninety nine. Uh, this was a guy, you know, when, when a lot of us were getting involved in Top Shot when Series 2 was rolling out that we could get our hands on uh, and feel pretty good about with uh, the mint counts that he was coming in at. This is a guy that I like to invest in now, too. If you didn't have, uh, you know, your hands on physical wax, get some hand, get your hands on some of those Top Shot moments as well that I think are appropriately, appropriately priced when compared to some of his peers. Agreed. What about the the what's left behind in Sacramento? I know De'Aaron Fox was someone that that people thought would be moved. Obviously, he stays behind. What's what? What do you make of this Sacramento team? What's what's the plan here? And does this affect Fox's market? Does Fox even have much of a card market at this point? Yeah, I'll, let me hit Sabonis real quick. Um, so Sabonis just he's he's a two time All Star now. Two, you know, um, he, he very very good player. Young, young still as well. I mean, he's been in the league for for five or six years, but he's it's not like he's a, he's an old player. Um, he is not the type of player that would normally have a huge uh, card market. Twenty five years old, but he's a six eleven. Um, you know, kind of finesse center, power forward center. Uh, you know, usually those big men don't have that market. That said, um, has international appeal. His dad was a, a, a you know all time famous basketball player, and he was someone that I had looked in as kind of a low key investment over the last couple of years, just to have like kind of Nikola Jokic light uh, upside as far as an investment opportunity. Um, I don't think this does something one way or the other for him. If anything, it's probably a little bit of a negative going to Sacramento. Um, that said, clearly they gave up uh, their best prospect in a long time to get him. They're going to try to build around him. Uh, you know, still a 20 and 10 guy on the regular, no problem. Um, you know, picking up some of his stuff off this, you know, in a, in a better situation for him, hopefully he's a little happier. I know I think things were coming to a head over there in Indy. So just wanted to touch on that. Um, he's out of the 2016 prism. Those are very nice cards. I think he's interesting as far as an investment. Fox is the more interesting name though. This is great for De'Aaron Fox. Great for De'Aaron Fox. Um, 
all of the Aaron Fox's best moments come without Tyrese Halliburton. Um, I went on the NBA DFS show last night, flag planted the Aaron Fox very successfully. Um, for if you went up 50 DK points, was it, it was a great play last night. Um, my my theory was they were very thin after the trade. Those the new guys weren't over yet, and he is ready to go. He want he's happy. This guy's out of town. Yeah, because. He, it was honestly, he was the hot kid. He was a top five pick, huge prospect out of Kentucky, comes in, guns a blaze in his rookie year, gets the Kings to a point where they're competing for, for that eight seed. Um, you know, he and he, he's making all rookie teams, all that kind of stuff looks really good. And then it's been nothing like but this for him since then, um, for a lot of reasons, efficiency, advanced metrics, things like that. But to me, if you look at it very plain and simply, the biggest reason was the, was the selection of Tyrese Halliburton, where they just didn't mesh. I mean, Halliburton is the kind of guy that could play with anyone, but I don't think Fox was trying to share the court floor with another floor general. Now, I think Fox has a chance to kind of build his, his stock back up here. He's still a very good player, but I think people were trying to start to wonder, is he a winning player? Is he an inefficient player? I think he has a chance now paired with DeMontis Simonis. They look really good together tonight. Obviously, that's a, a one-game sample. I still have De- De'Aaron Fox's National Treasures 2019 Logo Man autograph in a BGS 9.5, a card that I valued it like eight, nine grand a couple of years ago. I think I, I missed my boat to sell that at that time. Um, I'm really hoping that kind of raises back up, but really like De'Aaron Fox out of 2017. Um, you know, Prism, I think his stuff was, was down quite a bit over the last couple of years. Uh, I still think you could probably get it uh, at a discount from what it's been, you know, compared to comparatively to a year ago. I don't know if you have numbers in front of you, but I like him as a buy. That's a, that's a big card. A logo man auto oh, for De'Aaron Fox. One of my biggest yeah, cards. Massive yeah. card. Yeah. 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 Well, hopefully, um, I mean, you're you're banking on a lot here that that is likely to be unsuccessful. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. I don't know if the, <laughs> I don't know if the Kings organization is able to is going to be able to build a winner around it. But I I like Fox as a player, man. I I, I was hoping the Knicks would trade for him. I really was, and there was yeah. a lot of there was a lot of smoke there uh, leading up to this last two weeks. It's not going to happen now. They traded for Sabonis. The only thing that yeah. would have made sense was was Randall. So um, you know, it's that's not going to happen. But yeah, man, oh, this is crazy. Fox's silver PSA ten silver. Pop of only 500 is down to $260. To me, I, I, I think that's a very good buy. I mean, he's 23, 24. Like, we've seen this guy be able to put up huge numbers. At the yeah. very least, if this Kings team, which, listen, they did get better. Like, they gave up their best mm-hmm. prospect, but they got a lot better. If they can, you know, get to a playoff series over the next year, which I don't see why it's not. The bottom of the West is weak. Um, I think, you know, still down 14% over the last three months on this card. Like, I, I like it. I really do like him as a buy right now. Fox it's is almost, a winner. It's almost like this bottoming out of the prism base market has really started to affect the silver market a little bit, too. A little bit. Cards a little that bit. are still fairly low pop count, you, you wouldn't expect them to fall nearly to the level that some of these base cards have. But, like, some of these silver cards just continue to continue to go down that I think right. are low, low pop counts uh, for good players, uh, good classes, right? And, and all of a sudden, we're just seeing totally. these low, low numbers for... Uh, even silver and shorter printed uh, refractors. So I, I agree with you. Two hundred sixty dollars for a Deer and Fox silver PSA ten that's got a five hundred pop count is seems like seems like a nice nice card. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm really into Fox as a buy right now. If in uh, Prism stuff, Patch Auto, um, w- one of my favorite buys. You know, based off this, if you don't see this trade, so here's the thing: his numbers are automatically going to start to go back up. He was out last week or so. He's he's already had two good games in a row. He's about to start hitting his twenty and tens and twenty and eights, and this is just going to happen by default. All of his numbers were always better without Terry's Halbert on the floor. So. You know, you might see us start to see a little increase. So if you are interested in, and you believe in Fox, you know, at least to the extent that we do, I'm not saying he's going to be an all-world player, but I believe in it to where two things to the point where I think he's a little undervalued right now. Um, I think your time to buy is in the next like couple days to 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 week or, or two. Yeah. All right, let's move to the second trade that was kind of a, a shook up the NBA world a little bit. The Pelicans 
trade Josh Hart, Tomas Sadoransky, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and others. First-round picks, second-round picks for C.J. McCollum, Larry Nance, and Tony Snell. Seems like to me from kind of an outside casual NBA watcher as of right now that they're trying to build up a little bit of uh, uh, organizational trust to keep Zion happy, uh, trying to build a winner there in New Orleans. What do you make of this CJ trade down to the Pelicans? Yeah, it's 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 exactly that mixed with the fact that David Griffin's trying to save his job. I mean, they you know they I'm serious. Right. Like right. he's got nothing to lose. And, and then you know on the surface, we just talked about the fact that the bottom of the West is is very weak. There's no reason they can't get into a playing game. They yeah. have now. Brandon Ingram was playing the best ball of his career uh, since he came back from injury. Jonas Valanciunas, very pretty pretty good top ten to fifteen center in the league. Um, Zion maybe one day, and then. Uh, <laughs> CJ, who is a, you know, at this point has just become underrated as an NBA player. Not sexy, but all he does is throw up 22 points a game on efficient shooting for like seven, eight straight years. I mean, really just a winning basketball player that can run an offense. So I, you know, I understand what they're doing in that sense. Um, I think ultimately this will be good for Zion if he gets back on the floor. Not that that will matter that much. Let's hold on Zion for one second. I just want to talk about CJ and Ingram. CJ very disrespected in the hobby. Um, you know, again, I think it's that that play next to Dame, not sexy thing. Yeah. You know, he's been an all-star. Uh, has he been an all-star, actually? I don't know. Um, but, you know, he is yeah, just somebody that is a very, very good player that that has never shown too much love, which is crazy because he's out of like that 2013-14 prism, which is the second-year prism. Like, it's a great set. And to me, I, I've always looked to get a little bit of low end CJ when I when I had the chance. So uh, I don't see why this is a bad thing for CJ, other than he's going to a, a bad market. But for now, he kind of will. He doesn't have Dame in his way. He is playing next to Brandon Ingram for the time being. But I think he'll have the chance to shine a little bit over there. Uh, Want to talk Ingram playing some great, great ball, really, really good ball. Not uh, previous number two overall pick. We saw him kind of be, um, you know, fringe All Star level. Or you know, he yeah, he was an All Star last year. He was. He made the All Star team last year. Um, you know, very good player. Also, someone that I think is underappreciated. There's these this group of players in the NBA, the Aaron Foxes, um, Brandon Ingrams, that are like somewhere between 30 and 50, uh, probably you know 20, 25 to 50 as far as you know where their current standing is in in the current NBA that I think are undervalued right now. So I just wanted to hit on that. If the Pelicans find a, make their way into a playoff series, I think he's interesting. But Zion's the guy we got to talk about, right? Um, so there was a big Zion sale, right? Right, Cody, this week. Yeah, real quick before we get into that, I, I want to just jump right into the Zion sale because I I pulled up the article and I don't know if you know the buyer. Um, he's he's a big buyer. It's Shine. Oh, Shine One Fifty, of course. Yeah, he was, I've, he was I've not actually to Shine before on Instagram about some cards, and he's uh he's the guy that sold the Luca or bought the Luca logo sold for four point six, right? Yeah, for for four point six, sold the Luca logo, man, right? Sold no, it. Oh, was he the seller or the no, buyer? He bought, I think he bought it. I think he bought it. Yeah. Anyway, he he wasn't he wasn't the buyer. He was the underbidder on the card. Uh, so he did an interview for Action Network. Uh, mentioned that he was the underbidder on the Zion card. He is also the owner of the Zion card in a PSA ten grade, right? Um, so in the article, he says, "I'm already very deep on Zion." He said, "So I have to protect my investment." Yeah. Which, hey, man, there's it's, there's not, nothing illegal about that. Not at all. Uh, plus, I wanted the card, and I would have bought it at five hundred thousand. But when the bid went higher, I figured after serious consideration that I would let the higher bidder take it at 594000 uh, which is just a massive, massive sale. So if you guys didn't see this, there was a Zion. Uh, I'm pulling the card up now. There was a Zion National Treasures 9.510 uh, RPA, true RPA, that went for sale at Golden for $594,000, which uh, among some of the astonishing cards that sold at Golden Auction this weekend, and there were plenty of records broken. Yeah, broken. A lot. Plenty of all-time highs set. 
this one was just one that as I was scrolling through the timeline, I was like, Cut your why, eye. why are we, why are we still buying Zion's at 594, 94,000? So uh, at least shine is still a believer or at least believes enough to, to protect his own investments. Uh, clearly there was someone out there willing to go even higher than him, got the card for 594 K. I mean, what do you, what do you make of this sale? A guy that hasn't seen the court yet this year might not see the court yet this year. Uh, why is someone still buying a Zion card for $594,000 at this point? Do we have that much still to believe in with this kid? Yeah, and credit to Shine who puts his money where his mouth is often. Yep. And he also, I believe, has the the number one out of 99 of the same card. So he's got the jersey number, which is a, is a big deal. Um, well, w- the main thing about this card is that it's a BGS 9510. Um, yeah. You know, it's very hard for National Treasures uh, RPAs that are 130 stock, very thick to to grade out a, a gem mint, a true gem mint, um, which is why I feel so great about the Fox logo, man. It's a nine five ten, same exact card stock. You know, to get that gem mint grade, whether it's a BGS nine five, BGS ten, or PSA ten on a NT RPA is a huge deal. So that's going to add a couple hundred, you know, like hundred grand plus of value to the card. Um, and then you know, there's only ninety nine of these. These are the flagship card. This is the yeah. exquisite LeBron. 0304 RPA. It's the same thing. We've seen that go for three, four, five million dollars. So if someone thinks that Zion is still that guy, and I'm sure there's plenty of believers out there, we saw he was a he was a you know third borderline third team all NBA guy last year. Um listen, there's a lot of red flags about the the trajectory of Zion's career right now, but he's like 22 years old. Like we can't yeah. freak out here. You know, we cannot freak out here. I have a lot of Zion that I'm obviously not ready to depart with, but I'm very happy to see at the very high end the stuff go for this price because I think it's good. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's why. It's the same reason Jason Dominguez just went for 500 grand almost this weekend, <laughs> right? We Another card, the, the Super Fractor PSA 10. We've talked about Domingos before on the show, not to get into baseball, but his card in, in a golden auction went for five, 500 grand almost, so 475, I think. It's 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 the high end investors, the guy that the guys that have the capital putting in the the investment and the risk. They're they're thinking, okay, I'm paying four hundred seventy thousand dollars card for this now. But if he turns out to Mike Trout, that's the six million dollar Mike Trout card, right? If if the Zion turns into LeBron James, that's the three million dollar LeBron card. So that's all it is. It's similar to real estate, you know. Like it's it's you're yeah. you're 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 buying into a certain neighborhood because you think it's it has a lot of opportunity. It's just you're playing in maybe even in murkier waters. But that's it. All right. One last piece of NBA trade deadline news, and there will be others uh, that that come over the next couple of days. And again, as you're listening to the show, the trade deadline has likely already passed. The big one that we're going to be waiting on, maybe we'll get it tomorrow, maybe we'll get it this summer, but everyone's already aware of it. It's Ben Simmons for James Harden. That's the big one that's going to shake up the hobby, both from the pieces that they leave behind, but also for themselves. So what do you make of this trade? How likely is it to happen You know, over the next couple of hours, days? Uh, and what's going to happen to the hobby when it does happen? Yeah, I mean, trade deadline, you know, we're, we're recording this late Wednesday night. You'll probably hear this by like Friday or, or Saturday. It's definitely in, in the rear view. Um, you know, I'm curious to see what this sounds like next week, but I'll, <laughs> I'll give my, my take on this. Um, sounds like they're engaged. Really weird thing happening at ESPN right now where Woj is saying one thing and Windhorse <laughs> is saying another thing. I tend to believe this Windhorse size. It sounds like Harden's kicking and screaming, trying to get out of Brooklyn. He's like, what the hell did I tie myself to? Kyrie Irving's a mess. <laughs> whatever. I love Daryl Morey. We, do, we belong together. Whatever. Um, but, you know, if this doesn't happen tomorrow, it's happening in the summer. He is out in Brooklyn. So the question is, you know, what does that mean for James Harden? Let's talk about him first. He is out of 2010 tops, huge, huge deal, uh, 0910. Um, you know, very, very rare, low print. We see what those Steph numbers go for. This doesn't affect him one way or the other. 
I think people that are investing hard and are okay are comfortable with the fact that he's kind of a I, I don't know what the right word to say is. There might be some questionable motive stuff happening there to get what he wants. We saw what happened as he got out of Houston. We're seeing kind of how this shakes out in Brooklyn. Not the best look for him. I think at the end of the day, he's in search of a championship. He knows that his skills are starting to decline just a bit. Um, He needs to get himself back in better shape for them not to be, but that's a whole different story. I do think this would be good for him. If he, you know, I think it's actually good for both sides, quite honestly, just straight up. But, you know, if he ends up with Joel Embiid, that is a killer combination, like killer. Like they they match each other's skill sets so, so freaking well. Um, just between pick and pop, pick and roll, um, you know, the, the, the ability to create space for each other. Like, it would be really, really wild. So, now, the other question is, what pieces would, would uh, Philly have to throw in? Right now, it looks like they are taking Tyrese Maxey off the table. That's one of their nice young players. They would probably have to go up Seth Curry, who's a shooter that would go to Brooklyn that, you know, impacts their championship chances a little bit. Probably have to, maybe have to give Matisse Thibault, which I think impacts it more because he's one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. But all that matters is, would Harden get a ring, and, and that would impact his card yeah. market. So, if the, I think this may be, you know, it's kind of a net neutral for him. Like he could also win a ring on this Nets team. The biggest winners here are 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 probably Ben Simmons, though. Um, yep. To to re, re, rehabilitate his image uh, in, in Brooklyn, but not only that, it's probably the best prop basketball fit for him to play next to Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Um, they don't need him to try to shoot threes. They don't, they just want him to defend like hell and you know drive to the basket. Maybe they say, you know, hey, work on your free throws a little bit, please. Uh, besides that. You know, I think this is a good chance for him to to win a ring, uh, you know, take his place back as a top 25 player in the league, top five defensive player in the league, and get those cards back to where they were. Uh, maybe not right when he came out, but, you know, close to that because a lot of people I know are heavily invested in, in Ben Simmons. I got off of all of my Ben Simmons when the first kind of trade cycle smart. rumors happened very around. But I was very, very, very high. When I first started getting back into cards, he was one of the first guys that I started targeting ahead of some of this, you know, 2019, 2020 stuff, just because I believed in Ben Simmons' talents. I believed in his skill set and I believed in him to put it together with the the pieces that were around him in Philly. Obviously, that didn't work out. Um, you know, I took a little bit of a hit there, but I got off most of that stuff when the first kind of trade cycle, uh, trade rumor cycle came around for him. But it looks like the, there there seems to be a little bit of positive sentiment again heading into this potential trade with Brooklyn. His base PSA 10, which has a pop count of 1300, which again seems crazy. The the premier player in that 2016 class, still even in his base market, just a pop count of 1334, really really low. Um, but over the last three months, that market is up uh, to 180 dollars, which again seems awfully low but uh, up 43% over the last 90 days, up 26% over the last 30 days. So, you know, obviously you're starting to see the market sentiment shift a little bit ahead of that trade rumor. If you're invested in Simmons, uh, you know, when this happens, it is kind of one of those uh, buy the rumor, sell the news things, I would imagine, although it is a nice basketball fit for him and gives him a chance to rehabilitate his image, like he said, and and get back on the court first and foremost. I think this would be a good chance to, to maybe offload a little bit of that position, just selling into that natural hype of him changing teams like we see yep. so often. Yeah. And, um, you know, just, just tertiary pieces around these guys or, or maybe secondary, uh, you know, I think Embiid is someone that I've, I've, I've looked as undervalued in the hobby for a long time. A lot of that is, you know, center, uh, injury, um, you know, not coming up big in the playoffs for, for the many times that he's gotten there. I mean, he, he's been fine, but the Sixers as a whole, not coming up, uh, big in the playoffs. That said, I think this would be the best chance he's had to win a championship next to James Harden, at least for the next two years or so. 
so take that for what you what you will. I, I I do view him as an undervalued player. He's he's you know top two in the MVP race once again. He's one of the top seven or eight players in the league. Uh, to me, he's an undervalued asset. I always see his cards go for for something cheaper than I I figure they should. Um, so so that's one. And then you know I don't think this affects Durant or Kyrie uh, uh, too much. Both guys kind of locked in. Um, to what they are, Kyrie, you know, is down for sure since all this stuff. But you know, if he can win a championship, if New York changes their laws where he'd be able to play in the playoffs, um, <laughs> I, I think he'd be in a fine spot to be a an okay asset as well. So you know, again, we're, we're talking before we know what has kind of gone down here, and it's it, it's possible you hear this on Friday or Saturday, and you know, James Harden's still in Brooklyn, Ben Simmons still in Philadelphia, but just we you know this this is the talk of the deadline, and the reason we felt comfortable even having this conversation pre-deadline was because. The two biggest trades that would be the biggest trade of any deadline have already happened, uh, where two two borderline all stars or, or all star players have already gotten moved, and now there's this mega mega trade that seems you know likely uh, uh, to happen either either now or or in a couple months. So you know, just keep your eye on it. Um, it's something that is definitely uh, you know worth monitoring. I think Ben Simmons has the potential to be the biggest mover if you think this happens, um, or if you think that Ben Simmons gets back on the floor and starts playing like Ben Simmons of middle of last year before the playoffs. Uh, I think he's not a bad buy. Other than that, um, you know, we'll see what else happens. And if there's anything else exciting on the deadline, we'll, we'll get into it next week. All right. It'll, it will be fun to listen back to this uh, in a couple of days after the deadline has already passed just to see where, where we were right, where we were wrong, if this deal goes down and, and what comes of it. I want to get out of here on this. Lewis Hamilton announced his return to social media in Michael Jordan fashion with an Instagram post uh, that simply said, <laughs> I've been gone. Now yeah. I'm back. Yeah, uh, I, I thought it was fantastic. We're a little over six weeks or a little under six weeks, get, I guess now, uh, away from the start of the 2022 race calendar. Anything to make of the uh, update on the Lewis Hamilton situation? Are we are we getting excited finally about the F1 racing calendar? What 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 is Gary Hartman doing to prepare for March? Very, very excited. Um, and it's fitting because Lewis Hamilton is the MJ of F1. So uh, very, very Perfect. fitting uh, for, for that comparison. Um, now, nah, man, just keeping an eye on things. You know, we're, we're like a month away from the new F1 season, uh, a month away from the new Drive to Survive uh, mm -hmm. season on Netflix, which, again, if you want to get into it, this will be the best season to do it because last season was bonkers. Um, and just exciting stuff like teams are starting to roll out their their cars uh you know their new designs and, and specs for for this year stuff looks good lando norris we've spoken about him baby lando for mclaren just signed an extension through the 2025 season which will take him to 14 years old um so you know it's yeah i i, I kid but um he's like the jason tatum of, of f1 yeah um but yeah just just the, the news is starting to starting to heat up lewis is back which we were never really you know scared about but he's going to be ready to go more motivated than ever and you know, watch those cards, man. Still, still no word on the 2021 tops F1 that was supposed to come out months ago at this point. Who the hell knows? But when they do, um, I'll definitely get my hands on a box. We'll rip them on, on screen here because I think that's uh, only worthy. The only other thing I'll say is uh, the market. The market remains strong. Um, you know, I, I don't have exact numbers in front of me, but I know I've I've been selling kind of on the margins, um, some lower end and mid tier F1 stuff, and and never have any issues selling that stuff. So uh, very very strong. Um, card market, really strong sport. Uh, the stars are back, ready to go, and we are only a month, month and a half away from uh, you know reaching the grid uh, and and getting this uh, you know F1 season you know uh, underway. All right, we'll get out of here on a great segment of Winning Formula with Gary Hartman. <laughs> For Gary, I'm Cody. We'll see you guys next week. Take care, everyone.